kids, I want to read a verse to you from the book of Revelation. Are you all ready? Yes. Thank you. I like that. <laughs> Revelation chapter 12, beginning in verse 10, says, Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ has come for the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down, and they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to the death. So two things I want to point out. The accuser of our brethren. Have you guys ever been accused of doing something you didn't do? Like, for instance, have you ever been accused of Mom, he hit me. And then you said, no, I didn't hit him. He hit me first. Has anything like that ever happened at your houses? Have you ever been accused of something you didn't do? Have you ever been accused of something you did and you didn't want to admit to it? Yeah, that, well, that's a separate conversation. But <laughs> do you know who the devil is? The devil is called the accuser of the brethren. He makes False accusations, not even false accusations. He makes accusations against us. And do you know very often those accusations are true? He points out our sin. He accuses us before God. But do you know what the scripture says? It says that he has been cast down. And it says in verse 11, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb. Do you know why Jesus doesn't see our sin anymore? Do you know sometimes the accusations against us, very often they're true. When the enemy accuses us of our sin, we are sinners, right? And it's not that we're not sinners. It's that the blood of Jesus has taken away our sin. So when the enemy accuses us before God, it's the blood of Jesus that causes God to not see our sin. Because the blood has taken away our sin. But it doesn't just say the blood of the Lamb. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. It says they overcame him by the word of their testimony. Do you know what a testimony is? A testimony is kind of like your story or your account or your witness about your life. So let's just say that someone does accuse you of something and you explain why what they're saying is or is not true. That's your testimony. It's like if we have to go to court, we give our testimony. And that word is about our witness. So the blood of Jesus that's taken away our sin, do you know what that's given to us? It's given us a testimony. It's given us a story to tell. It's made it possible for us to live our lives free from sin. Not that we never sin. Do you guys still sin? Of course. Of course, that's right. But why does God not count our sin against us? Do you know why? They overcame him by the blood of the lamb. God doesn't count our sin against us because of the blood of the lamb. And do you know what? Now we have a story to tell. Now we can give witness to the grace of God, 
the mercy of God given to us in Jesus Christ. In fact, you know that the blood is only meaningful if we have a testimony to give. So Jesus didn't shed his blood for no reason. Jesus shed his blood so that we could give witness to his grace and his mercy and the good work that he did on the cross that took away our sin. Do you know that you have a story to tell? A true story. Because you're a child of God? Are we always supposed to tell the truth? Children? But look at your parents. Look at the adults next to you and say, not just children tell the truth, but we're all supposed to tell the truth, aren't we? Children and adults. And do you know what? Not just adults have a testimony, but even children have a testimony because the blood of Jesus wasn't just shed for adults. It was shed for everyone, young and old, all of God's children. And so we all have a story. We all have a testimony because of what Jesus has done, because of the blood of Jesus. And so when the enemy wants to accuse you, he can't do that anymore because of the blood of Jesus. And your testimony, your story gives witness to what Jesus did and who Jesus is and the difference he's made in your life. And do you know what that is? That's good news. So never forget, you have a testimony in your life. All of your life is part of your testimony. So you little kids, you haven't lived very long yet. But as long as you live, and I hope you live a long, 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 long time on this earth, your whole life is a testimony to God. So you're building a testimony. You're writing a testimony. So write a good one, okay? Build a good testimony, okay? Because Jesus shed his blood so that you could have a testimony. All right? You know what we're going to hear right now? We're going to hear a testimony. How about that? Someone is going to give a testimony about the blood of Jesus and the difference the blood of Jesus made in their life. And so I would like to invite Mr. Emilio to come up right now. They say public speaking is the greatest fear that people have. It is. <laughs> and I know that Mr. Emilio is nervous, but I told him, don't be nervous. He's among friends and family. And so, uh, Emilio, we talked about this for a while, and I appreciate the courage and uh, his obedience in coming up and sharing uh, his testimony. So, be encouraged. Thank you. How are we doing? Oh, well, first of all, I just want to, you know, give God Almighty the, uh, the thanks and praise for providing this opportunity to really share this story with y'all. Um, I have a, uh, an outline that I want to stick to, and, and I'll stick to it as much as I can, but sometimes it just doesn't work that way. Um, so those of you that don't know me, my name's Emilio. Um, we moved here in 2012. Um, my belief was that we moved here because of work. Little did I know that there was a bigger purpose for that. Um, God led us here. Tear 
for a reason. Right. So. <laughs> <laughs> that he did. Um, and just really not knowing what was going to happen and, and how things were going to happen because it was a huge move for us. Um, you know, we, we lived in Kerrville and oh, 13 years, something like that, maybe 12 years. And, and we knew what was there. We knew everything that we had there. Um, and at this time, God wasn't present in, in my life. I can tell you all that. Um, I was encouraged by, by many people, of course, my, my beautiful wife. She constantly asked me to pray, and I was like, sure. You know, and, and that was really my attitude. I'm not going to sit there and sugarcoat nothing because that was my attitude. Sometimes I would and be like, okay, what's the purpose? Um, and I really didn't know what the purpose was of any of these prayers for no reason. Um, I didn't see it. Um, I, I'd, I'd taken a life that really led this way instead of going this way. Um, I took the path that everybody else wanted to take, the path of, uh, of money, of material things, of, of just living for the world and, and just really being consumed by everything the world had to provide. And I enjoyed it. I'm not going to say I didn't. I enjoyed it. Um, I, I had a blast in, in doing those things. Um, for me, Sunday was playing golf. I'd rather be playing golf than sitting here in church, listening to the Word of God, which, you know, now was a, you know, was a huge mistake. I mean, I understand that now. Um, but as the journey began, um, I, I sit back and, and look at a whole lot of things. You know, of course, my mom was, was faithful. Uh, my mom was always encouraging to, to us to pray and so forth. I remember seeing numerous of times my dad um, walking into the bedroom and, and, and catching him reading his Bible, which I didn't know. And, and we didn't share those stories. We didn't go through and say, hey, what are you doing and whatnot. But I would see him. I mean, so again... You know, when we talk about God planting a seed, the seed was planted. Little did I know that 46 years later, I'm, or 40, 38, 38 years later, that this would happen. We, um, we've been here eight years, so. Um, and along the way, I had an uncle that every Sunday he would come visit, and, and he would ask me, Milo, you know, Milo, hey, do you know Jesus Christ? And of course, my answer was like, yes, I do, because anyone here? I didn't want to hear it. I, I just, I didn't. And so I would tell him, yes, I did. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. And, and he would always quote to me John 3, 16, over and over, every Sunday. And he, he didn't fail. He didn't fail at, at doing that every Sunday that he's seen us. Again, little did I know that that seed was being planted. Um, so let's speed up several years. In, in 2009, when we lived in Curve, our company got bought out and started working in Fredericksburg where I met this guy named David. And I didn't know what kind of relationship that he and I would eventually have. All I knew is that he was my boss. And we would have these operation meetings where we discuss, you know, key operating indicators and so forth. And towards the end of the meeting, he would always quote something of Scripture. Like, gentlemen, this is how we're supposed to live our lives. This is how Scripture relates to the things that we do on a daily basis. And it's like, okay, can you just get it over with? because we need to get back to work, was, was really my attitude. And again, a seed's being planted. And so somewhere in these years, it began to <clears throat> settle in. And I was wondering, it's like, what does he mean? Why is he telling us this? What truth is there behind what he's saying? 
And so it kept weighing and weighing and weighing on me. And then we'll speed up to 2012 when we moved here to, uh, to, to Taylor. And in 2012, uh, again, David never failed, um, and we had weekly meetings, so he never failed to, to mention something about Scripture or to mention to us about what we needed to do on a daily basis. Um, and so we came here. Um, you know, we, we sold everything in, in, in Curvo. We bought a house here in Taylor, and it took us a month to be able to get into our house. And uh, most of y'all know George and Rosemary. Um, and, and we stayed with them for about a month. Uh, we were a hindrance to them for a month, maybe a little bit longer than that. Uh, finally, around, I think, Labor Day, maybe, we, we got the keys to our house, finally able to move out of theirs, and, and oh, it was beautiful. So Allie just consistently was like, hey, y'all come to church. And even while we were with them, they would ask, like, oh, nah, it's okay. You know, to me, it just wasn't a place for us to go. And she just kept on, kept on, kept on. And one day, we drove up into the, part, the, the driveway, and, and Debbie goes, Allie wants to know if we want to go to church. I was like, let's go. I'm tired of her asking. Let's just go. And, uh, and we entered these, these doors. You know, we got greeted out front, you know, by a... Uh, I think Conway was out there, and, and Brian McNulty was out there. They greeted us. We came in, and the church was set up a whole lot different than what it is here. And we sat in the back, and, and people came by, and I can't remember everybody that came by. I'll tell you all that. But I can remember sitting back here, and, and this would really go down to the uh, first conviction that I really ever had, you know, something that where God really began to work on me. Um, I was sitting there. And the music was going, praise music was going, I'm listening. And, and I see this gentleman sitting over here. And, you know, of course, he's, he's praising. And I'm like, well, good for him. You know, I'm, I'm glad that he found salvation. And this is really my mental thought of this gentleman. He found salvation. I don't know what kind of life he lived. I could care less what kind of little doll I know is that. I'm sure it was pretty ugly and whatever, and hey, he found salvation, so I'm good he did. I'm glad he did. You know, this guy has no hair, bald. Y'all know who I'm talking about. And I judged him, you know, to the lowest of the low. And I, I figured that the reason that Pastor Jeff was wearing a, you know, a, a, a suit jacket was because he was all full of tattoos. And, and, I, and I'm not sugarcoating this story. I'm, I'm seriously... This is exactly what I thought about him. And I'll just add this little side note. It took me years to tell him this, okay? <laughs> but I did share this story with him eventually. Um, but I looked down, and I was looking at the bulletin. Yeah, the music was over. I'm looking at the bulletin. And all of a sudden, I hear a voice, and it starts preaching. And I'm like, okay. I look up, and who do I see? The same guy I'm judging. And God made me feel small. And, and this is where he really began to, to work on my heart, to let me know that what I was thinking was wrong, me judging people was wrong, and I've judged people for the longest, I'll tell you that. Um, I used to think that I was better than a whole lot of other people. I used to have this mentality of just being conceited that, that I was better looking than you, I was more higher than you. My life is more important than yours. That's just the way that I lived. And so from that Sunday, life began to change. I left here feeling bad, don't know why, but I know I felt bad. 
And so the next Sunday, hey, we're going back. I guess. We'll go. So we sat here and listened to another sermon. And I got up out of here at the end of the sermon just mad. And I was frustrated because God pointed me out. He was calling me out. The whole sermon, God called me out for what I'd been doing wrong. What do you want with me? My life has been ugly. My life has been dirty. But what do you want with me? I saw no purpose in, in worship. I saw no reason why he needed me, why he would even call me to his table. It's like, no. So then we came back again. The same thing. But this time was even deeper. And then about the fourth week, <clears throat> we sat back here and Debbie wanted to come take the elements. And I'm like, go ahead. I have no reason to. And again, we left out of here frustrated, upset, mad. We get down the road about the airport and she tells me that if we're not going to participate, then we don't need to go to church anymore. And I think this is where God really just drove that dagger in so hard where you can't stop it. He's that, that freight train coming and, and there's a piece of glass there and he's just going to break it and shatter it. And there's nothing that you can do. You cannot put enough glue on that to put it back together. But he can. So when he hit it, these are the words that came out of my mouth. If we're going to do this, we're going to commit to it. I don't know what I was saying. I can tell you all that right now. I had no clue what I had just committed to at all. We drove home. We wondered on about our Sunday. Monday morning, I'm driving to work. And I woke up just with a heavy burden. I mean, it's like the weight of the world was just on me. And I had no clue why. And I get about Maynard, and I worked South Austin, so if anybody knows where Burleson and um, 170, that's where I worked. I drove all the way to down South Austin. And I get to Maynard, and, and somewhere in Maynard, it was about time. God said that that's the point. That's the, the minute. That's the destination where you're just going to turn everything over to me. And I did exactly that. I gave everything to God on, on that day. I broke down like a little baby, and I cried, and I sobbed. And I'm at a stoplight, and there's people that are beside me. And I'm like, okay, who cares, right? Who cares? I, it, it didn't make a difference. All I know is that God had called me already. And at that time, again, I didn't know what this, what this meant, you know, moving forward. All I know is that that burden was lifted. I didn't have a huge burden. I didn't understand when people said the peace of Jesus, to have peace in the Lord, what did that mean? So if anybody that knows me, I love movies. And I'll, and I'll quote movies here and there. And there's this movie that I've, that I've watched. And, and there's this saying that, you know, living the way that I did, there wasn't enough sin that I could do. There wasn't enough judgment that I could do. There wasn't enough, you know, anything bad that you can think of to fill in a void. And there was a void. There was a huge void in my life. And, and yes, I was married, had children. 
we we didn't you know fail to ever need the need was always there you know and God has provided graciously for us but that void was always there I didn't know what to do what to say to fill that void I didn't know how to hurt enough feelings I didn't know how to judge somebody just to judge them to fill that void I couldn't sit there and hold the conversation peacefully without using foul language again to fill that void but when God came into my life and and again this is years it didn't all happen in 2012 and everything just like oh hey man you know that's exactly what's going to go on and that's exactly how life's going to be it took time and and as I kept on down this journey reading the Bible understanding scripture here and there and and, and trust me I'm, I'm by no means can can quote a whole lot of scripture to you all but I, I do I do know that as I read these things things started making sense to me and it was probably about four years ago where I understood what the peace uh, of God meant because I didn't feel that void he filled that hole that I had inside of me and and it's joy And to be walking with him every, every day is a blessing. So I'll take you to a story where, you know, kind of it, it really began to root in. And, and again, I'll take, we're going to go back to 2012 where, where it began. So when Pastor Jeff was, was giving his, uh, his sermons during this time, you know, he was preaching, I think, in Romans. And, and Romans 12 too. Um, was one of the ones that, that really stuck out, you know, and be not conformed to this world, but be renewed, uh, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And, and that was very interesting because I was like, hmm, wonder what that means. And so I was at work one day, and, and of course, David, our, our friendly reminder of how God wants us to act. <laughs> um, he asked me, how's Austin? And I go, brother, it is weird. These people are weird here. And, uh, and he's like, well, isn't that about the truth? He goes, well, how do you like it? I was like, well, I don't know. Again, these people are very weird. He goes, well, brother, man, just remember one thing. Don't conform to their ways. And I was like, hmm, I heard that at church. What does that mean? And so you can hit search. And I didn't know the scripture that well again. And, and so I hit search in my little Bible app. And it's like, oh, oh, hey. That's the, uh, that's the verse. You know, that's the, uh, that's the scripture that, that Pastor was talking about. But what does it mean? What does that mean? And, and it's good to see that that scripture has played out, you know, in my life. Um, which has also led to a whole lot of different things, you know, in my life. Um, I, I remember the first time ministering to somebody. And, and that was one of the hardest things because I know in my life, I didn't want anybody to tell me about God. I don't want to hear, you know, you're, you're wasting your time. You're wasting your breath. Just get away from me because I don't want to, I want nothing to do with it. So when God put me in that opportunity to, to do that, I freaked out. I was scared. <laughs> I was scared because I know that I'm probably going to be rejected. But it is what it is, right? I mean, 
a lot of people rejected Jesus. I mean, I'm, I'm about as dirty as anybody that has rejected him. But because of grace and his salvation, I'm here today. And a lot of you are, are an encouragement in my life every day. Whether it's today, whether it's tomorrow, the stories that some of you share, the prayers that some of you have, have requested, and just to see how you walk in faith, it's encouraging. And I thank you for allowing me the opportunity to come up here today to share my life with you all. And, oh no, it's, uh, it's been a pleasure and, and I'm really looking forward to see what else God has for us in store. You know, I'm sure that he's going to continue to open doors and close many of them. And, and I'm glad that he has shut a big one 12 years ago and the one that we're walking in is, uh, it's, it's beautiful. And I'll keep smiling every day. <laughs> um, people kind of think I'm weird, but that's okay. Uh, I had a coworker tell me the other day, he goes, you're always smiling. I was like, yes, I am. Yes, I am. And I see those as opportunities, I think. Um, there's some people that will ask, why do you smile a lot? And if they ask me, I'll, I'll tell them. And I'll share with them. If they're willing to hang around and listen to the rest of the story, I'll tell them. It's because of Jesus Christ that I smile every day. And it's not like that every day, I mean, but even in those tough days, I smile. And I'm thankful to be alive. I'm thankful to be able to worship and praise. And um, you know, with that, uh, uh, again, I thank you all for listening. And I'll turn it over to Pastor Jeff. Thank you, Emilio. Huh? Yeah, I'll uh, I'll uh, I'll take my shirt off and show y'all all my tats later on. That is funny. Thank you, Emilio. That's more encouraging than you know. Uh, that word testimony, they, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. That word testimony is where we get our word martyr. It, it's the word martyr. It's a word for martyr. A martyr is a witness. Uh, a testimony is your witness. And our testimony is the evidence. It's the evidence of what the blood of Jesus has done. That's why they weren't just overcome by the blood. They didn't just overcome by the blood of Jesus. The point of the shed blood of Jesus is exactly what Emilio just shared. The point of the shed blood of Jesus is that that blood shed gives us the evidence. It is the evidence. It's our testimony. It's our witness of what that blood has done. And I love the fact that Emilio made it very clear that, that this didn't just happen instantly. You know, I tell people, I said, when you're saved, you're saved instantly. 
But the change that salvation brings, that's lived out, walked out in your life, the evidence, the testimony, the witness is not instant. It's a, it, that is working out your salvation. We build our testimony every day. We build it through our failures. We build it through our successes. We build it through our obedience. We build it through our disobedience. We build it through our holiness. We build it through our sinfulness. But all of it, all of our testimony is because, it's because of what Jesus has done. If we're children of God, our testimony is rooted and grounded in the blood of Jesus that was shed for us. And the blood of Jesus was shed for us so that we would have a witness. The evidence of what that blood has done. For a lot of people in the world, the blood of Jesus doesn't mean anything. There's a lot of people, just exactly the way Emilio described it, I don't want to hear about God. I don't want to talk about God. Everybody's got an opinion about God. But the blood of Jesus that was shed has given you your testimony. And your testimony is important. And your testimony is, is a work in progress. Emilio, your testimony is still being written. All of our testimonies are still being written. You know why? Because his story is still being written. The mistake we often make is that we make ourselves the center of the story. We make ourselves the subjects of the story. But we're not the subjects. We're not the center. We're just characters in his story. Emilio could have never known when he took that job in Austin and moved to Taylor, what God would do in his life. But God knew. God opened the door for him to come here. God put it on Allie's heart to invite them to church. And it's like the story of the persistent woman and the judge. Finally, let's go so she'll leave me alone. <laughs> I mean, do you see how God works in our lives? God works in ways we can't see. We don't even know. I mean, we think we're being annoyed. We think we're just, just get it over with all the time. It's God. God working. God working through that person that won't stop asking. God working through that job opening that came available and we took a leap of faith and decided to move from our home of 12 or 13 years and move to a new place, never knowing what God had in store. But God knows. God knows why everything that's ever happened in your life happened. God knows why everything that will happen in your life, he knows why it will happen because it's part of his plan and his purpose. And we don't know and we can't see, and we can't wrap our mind around those things. But yet the Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by faith every day with the expectancy, with the, with the hope, with the faith that God is working. 
in ways we can see, in ways we can know, in ways that are very obvious. But more than that, God is working in ways we can't see, in ways we can't know, in ways that are so not obvious to us, it's even beyond our imagination. Every one of you have a testimony. And your testimony is to share, not just in here, but to share with those people out there who are right now just the way Amelia was before God captured his heart. People all over this world, people all over this town, people all around you, you have a testimony for a reason. The blood of Jesus has made a difference in your life. And people need to know. They need to hear. They need to hear about the difference the blood of Jesus has made in your life. Because that blood that has made a difference in your life, that blood that has brought hope to you is the only hope they have. Whether they know it or not, it's the only hope they have. And there are a lot of people looking, grasping for hope right now. I meet them, I communicate with them almost on a daily basis. Multiple times a day. I can't tell you how hopeless some people are. And I look at situations in people's lives and I think to myself, I, I don't know what I would do if I was in your situation. But I know the only one who knows what to do, the only one who has the answer to the hopelessness of people's situation is the Lord Jesus. And each one of us are walking testimonies. Your testimony is not just about all your successes. Your testimony is most importantly perhaps about all your failures. And how the grace of God overcame those failures. How the grace of God worked in your life in spite of those failures. How the grace of God has given to you a testimony even in the midst, even in the face of all the failures. Because people in life aren't wondering what to do with their success. They can figure that out. It's what to do with their failures. It's what to do with all the desires that didn't come true. It's what to do with all the things that I don't have an answer for. It's what to do with all the impossible situations. Whether they're really impossible or whether they're just impossible in their imagination. Jesus is the answer. He's the hope. Don't hide your light. Don't silence your voice. Don't be afraid to step out there. Don't be afraid to be rejected. Because you don't know, even in that rejection, you don't know what kind of seed you've planted. You don't know what you've watered. You don't know about the seed you're watering, even with that rejection that someone else has already planted. How many times did Emilio not pay attention to Allie's request? But Allie didn't give up. She kept asking. 
Be hopeful. Be faithful. You are testimonies. Tell the world what Jesus has done. Tell the world what Jesus has overcome for you to give you hope. Even in the midst of the struggles you have right now. It's not that we've overcome everything. It's not that we're at the top of the world looking down on all our past troubles and all our past challenges. We might be right in the middle, right in the depths of the valley of the shadow. But we know that our God is with us. We know that He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. It may be in that place of deepest darkness that you give hope to somebody who's also in the midst of their deepest darkness. I had someone tell me sometime, one time, many, many years ago, in a moment of confession, this person told me how much they resented me, how much they basically despised me because my life appeared as though I didn't have any problems, didn't have any challenges. And their life was full of challenges. And they wondered, why is my life so full of challenges? And look at that guy. He doesn't have, any, any, he doesn't have a clue what I'm going through. I mean, look at Emilio. He thought I was a skinhead. <laughs> thought I'd been tatted up in prison and was out and... I mean, we don't know. We don't know what people have walked through. We don't know what people are walking through now. You don't know when your testimony is going to be the very thing someone needs to hear. Someone can look like they've got everything. They're on top of the world, but you don't know what challenges they may be facing because they wear a smile every day or everything looks good on the outside but we don't really know. We don't know until we take that step and we enter in and we begin to build those relationships. Thank you for sharing. And so I want to encourage all of you Ask God to use you, to use your testimony to make a difference. Just like David made a difference in Emilio's life. Just like Allie made a difference. Just like we've all made a difference and he's made a difference in our life. You made a difference in my life today. Your testimony is encouraging. We all have that. This is what we were, the body of Christ. We carry around the hope of the world. Don't keep it inside of you. Let it out. And if the world rejects you, it's okay. They rejected our Savior. They crucified Him. What's the worst thing they can do? Take your life. Send you to Jesus to see Him face to face. There's a lot worse things. Well, let's get ready to come to the table. The table of thanksgiving. 
the table that reminds us why we have a testimony. Because Jesus gave up his body. Jesus poured out his blood. And this is how we overcome. We overcome by the blood of Jesus, but we don't ever overcome apart from our testimony. So thank him every day for his blood that was shed. This is what we do when we come to this table. We thank him for the body. We thank him for the blood. But in that, in that moment of thankfulness, don't forget, you have a testimony. Don't keep your testimony to yourself. Share it. Let the world hear it. Let the world know it. Let the church hear it. Let the church know it. That we'll all be encouraged. That we'll all be challenged and encouraged and hopeful that our own testimonies can make a difference. As you trust Jesus, you don't have to be a member of this congregation, but if you're a member of the Catholic, the universal church, past, present, and future, of those saints who are in glory now, of those saints who are on the earth now, the church of those yet to be born and yet to be born again, this is the church we're a part of. We're just one small part of the holy Catholic church, not a denomination, but the body of Christ, universal. If you're a member of that body, come to this table and thank God for his body. Thank him for his blood that gives you and gives me and gives us all a testimony of his faithfulness. Christian, welcome to Jesus. Let's all stand. We have an accuser. That's who Satan is. He is the accuser of the brethren. But his accusations against us have been rendered powerless by the blood of Jesus. That is our testimony. That is the testimony of all who are in Jesus Christ. Though our sins were as scarlet, they are now as white as snow by the blood of Jesus. There is no more accusation that can be rendered against us because of the blood of Jesus. This is good news. This is our good news. This is the good news we are commanded to make known. This is our testimony. This is the evidence of what the blood has done that we can rejoice now in all things that we can have joy and we can be thankful in and for all things because of what Jesus has done, because the blood has washed us, because the blood has given us hope where there was no hope, because Jesus has made a way where there was no way. And that way was made when he opened his flesh and poured out his blood. We have a testimony in Jesus. Don't keep it to yourself. Open your mouth and let the word of truth and let the gospel of hope come out. Let the word of your testimony come out. Unveil your light and let it shine so that the world can see where their hope truly lies. It is in Christ. The only hope we have in life or in death. Praise be to God the Father who sent the Son and praise be to the Son who gave up his own body and poured out his own blood and overcame our enemies and gave to us a testimony of hope 
That is our good news. Praise God.